Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week, we are sitting down with uh, the Gemini Adventures race director, Reed Delman. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things, but um, we're going to start with the first thing, which is the fact that his trail running festival, which is happening in April, um, is now a part of the UTMB um world series events so that's awesome they just expanded that race and added a hundred k which i am currently signed up for so that's gonna be interesting and painful and fun question mark no i'm just kidding uh i'm really excited um it's a hundred k it's out on the a lot of it is on the Cocopelli Trail, so I'm super excited to go back out there and uh, and take that on. Um, Reed also, uh, I've done a whole bunch of his races, obviously, over the years. Uh, he does a bunch in western Colorado. He does some in Eagle. Uh, he is the race director of the Deseret Stage Race uh, that we went out and filmed a few years ago. And by the way, there's going to be big updates to uh for our film coming up sometime in the next month hopefully uh we're planning on releasing the movie in uh march like towards the end of march uh and we're also in a few film festivals this spring so i'll give you guys all the details to that in in the future but i'm super excited so uh reed was a big part of that obviously um and yeah, and I, I remember when I first talked with him for the podcast, I was basically just interviewing him as someone who was terrified of that stage race. Uh, and so I never really got to dig deep and, and hear about, you know, his background as an athlete. Uh, and in this episode, we'll talk about race directing towards the beginning, but then we're going to dive into his time as a wrestler for Ohio State um, and it was really cool like I've never had someone who was a wrestler on the show and hearing his perspective on that sport was really really fascinating to me so uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen to that part so um, yeah so let's just dive right in this is the like a Bigfoot podcast number 321 with Gemini Adventures race director Reed Delman. All right. I am I know I always say I'm so excited, Reed, on like every episode. Uh, but I am very, very excited to have you on the podcast again. Uh, I think the last time you've been on the podcast a couple of times with Kyla. Um and but i think beyond that the last time it was just me and you one-on-one -on -one was like the first time i ever talked to you and now at this point i've known you uh for years now and i've done a few of your adventures a few of your races and i'm i'm just excited to like dive deep on some topics so welcome back to the show man yeah thanks yes yeah, it's, it's been a while since we've been on one-on-one -on -one. kyla's always around somewhere and <laughs> so. I'm thinking you have like a, a door behind you on the Zoom. I know at some point Kyla's just going to pop out. Right, you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm joined today with the uh, Gemini Adventures creator, race director, uh, Reed Delman. 
and um reed i kind of want to start with this this is going to be a weird place to start when i okay. invited you on the show but i want you to talk a little bit about glenn your brother glenn delman i call him the phantom photographer and he's the <laughs> photographer for all these huge races out here like leadville boulder boulder like you'll just be running some race in uh you know like the denver colorado kind of area and all of a sudden glenn will just pop out and then you'll see him yeah it's funny i did the uh dirty 30 a couple years ago and didn't know he was going to be there <laughs> and you know we're like 15 miles in or something like that and yeah there's my brother out on the trail taking pictures <laughs> what was that what was that reunion like you know uh <laughs> you know so we grew up four boys in my family. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, very, very eighties, uh, you know, we grew up in the eighties and, um, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of emotion that, <laughs> yeah. that yeah. is shared among brothers, uh, -huh. uh, you know, and, you know, back with the toxic masculinity was when, when that was thriving, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of times it's like, Hey, Hey, you got a, you, yeah, you get like a good nod of right. Glenn on the trail. Oh my God. That's <laughs> right, amazing. Right, right. No, it was funny. I think I told you, I went out to Leadville this year, uh, just at like the Twin Lakes aid station, um, to cheer, cheer people on, cheer some friends on, um, things like that. And I pulled up, parked my car and literally closed the door and looked up and I see someone like hunched over, like grabbing things. And like instantly I just knew it was Glenn. I was just yeah. like, that's Glenn. And I was like, Glenn. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's just, he's just at these races and it's awesome. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, a fun, like where's Waldo game too, when you're out on the trail. Right. 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 <laughs> no, but he's great. And he does fantastic work. Like I was, I've always been very impressed by him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, his photography is great and he gets out there, you know, um, you know, he's not afraid to put a few miles in and, yeah. So it's, you know, he's perfect for that kind of job. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. I just thought we'd start by giving a shout out to your brother. So, right. um, <laughs> so at least uh, one of my family members will have to listen to this now. <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed the guaranteed. Well, um, I, I, there's a lot I want to talk to you about. Um, I definitely want to talk about the big thing that happened this year for Gemini adventures, which is UTMB making it, uh, making your trail running festival, like a part of their qualify, you, you'd be able to explain more. Um, so I guess let's just start there if you want. I know that's kind of like the most current thing you're a race director yeah. and we can dive into a bunch of stuff from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's big. So I've been doing this for 20 years and, um, and we were contacted that the, the uh, UTMB slash Ironman, uh, is interested in our race. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it is now a UTMB race. Um, you know, we, we were skeptical at first, you know, we, we don't want this big, you know, this big monster to come in and, and take over, you know, to take over my baby. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're super excited about it. You know, they've, they've assured us, you know, things that we've done that are going to continue and, um, and just, uh, Kyle and I are going to run it for the next few years. And, uh, 
um, they want it still to be our race. Yeah. You know, and now we've got this monster behind us to do all the things that we've wanted to do that now we could kind of, kind of do on their dime. Yeah. So (laughs) you mentioned that when we were talking on the phone the other day, is there anything like, I don't know if you can even share that kind of stuff right now or whatever, but when, when you say that, like what kind of things have you always dreamt for this big trail running fest? And just to give everyone an idea, it's a huge trail running festival in Western Colorado. It's in Fruta, um, Colorado area, um, out on the gorgeous Cocopelli trails and the trail system out that direction. And you guys do like all sorts of events. It's, and now you even added a hundred K there's like distances all over the board. And it's just like this giant, really cool, like trail running get together almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that was always my dream, you know? And now, now the, the expo is going to be bigger. Uh, you know, yeah. Like you said, we're, we're adding the hundred K on, um, you know, the aid stations will be bigger and better. The metals will be nicer. All those things that when you know you're watching the the bottom line, you're like, well, we can't we can't do this, you know, because yeah. you know it's just it'll cost too much, or or we don't have enough people to uh, to man a big aid station like that. Yeah. And now you know we've got their power behind it. That's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. That's so cool. And yeah, that's, I mean, when you guys got the like call or email, were you taken off guard or like, how did that, how did that whole thing come about? So it was a friend of Kyla's. Okay. And, um, and he contacted us and (laughs) I don't know. It's, It's just something I had never really thought about before. Yeah. You know, um, because again, it's, it was my baby, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, started it the year before my girls were born and now they're in college. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, and I think probably the first time we chatted a long, long time ago, I think it was before even episode 100 of this podcast, but I'm sure you kind of told me the story of how you got into race directing, but can you kind of give me just like the general version of that again? Like, I mean, 20 years is a long time to be doing this. It is. Uh, I have a history of of not letting things go. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, my sports and everything. I've I've stuck around with the wrestling for way too many years, and and um, yeah, so it's it's kind of my personality yeah. is to hang on to things. <laughs> so you know, it's, it's nice that. It's, and it, it's paying off in this case, um, wrestling, not so much, but, um, uh, so, that yeah, pays off in different ways for sure. And I want to get into yeah. the wrestling later. So, okay. All right. Um, yeah. So I started, I was teaching and I really had this, uh, this idea to put on a state, the stage race. Yeah. And, um, so I had, I was doing all my teaching stuff and I had, uh, uh, three ring binder that I was carrying around all the time with plans to put on this race and people to contact. And, you know, it was before the, before the internet was really, you know, (laughs) much of anything. So, um, so everything was phone calls and paperwork and, um, 
uh, you know, and trying to set up our first website was, was so difficult. And, um, and yeah, so I had, I had this idea to put on stage race. And then that same year, uh, one of the local races was canceled. And I was like, well, I wanted to do that race. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people who, who wanted to do it. So maybe I could fill that gap. Yeah. You know, so that's where the, the, the desert rats trail running festival started. Okay. It was called the spring desert ultra that first year. Okay. And your which, name's way better. It's, uh, you know, I, I still kind of like the spring desert. Ultra. It's really you know? on the nose. It's really on the nose. Like when does it take place? Spring. Where's it right. at? Desert. Right, right, right. What's the distance? Ultra. Done. Yeah. You know, we didn't have any <laughs> photography or a good website or, or anything else, you know, social media to try to sell it. So so we had to tell what it is. <laughs> you you get three words to sell this thing. All right, right. <laughs> exactly. That that was my uh my elevator pitch. Yeah. It is a spring desert ultra. Yeah. And uh so yeah, we started that and you know, it's just been very moderate for years, but the, the, you know, as far as, um, it, it's, it was never one of these big, huge races, you know, because we liked the, the grassroots feel, Yeah. you know, and, um, and just worked on growing it year after year. And the real selling point is that the trails out there are just so beautiful. Oh yeah. You know, um, so there was all it, it it was very organic how it took off yeah and i think um you know when thinking about you as a race director i've ran i think three of your races at this point um the mountain rats trail running the desert trail running festival and the stage race um i think there's a part of you that really understands like the internal like the rewards that you get from doing these hard things but there is a part of you too that understands the external like there are these amazing beautiful areas that are way out there in the middle of nowhere and i want to get people out there if i can and can right. you kind of speak to that notion first yeah you know that that's why i love uh like trail running mountain biking it it, it addresses so many aspects. Yeah. You know, it addresses the natural beauty. It addresses the hard work. It addresses the feeling of accomplishment. And then when you could do these in a community setting, then it addresses being around other people and the social aspect. You know, I've, I've been a part of a number of, of sports and, you know, uh, different things over the years. And, um, and that's really what I gravitate towards, you know, is the, the kind of nose to the grindstone, um, but appreciating the people and, and the experience also. Yeah. And there's a weird thing where like when you are nose to the grindstone, at least for me and my personality, it's like it allows me to access being more appreciative of everybody. You know? Oh, for sure. I always <laughs> think of I always think of this that you know if if I see a deer, yeah, walking around, you know, it's like oh yeah, a deer. I'm driving by and mm -hmm. I see a deer on the side of the road walking around. I'm like oh cool deer, you know. <laughs> but if I'm in the mountains and I see a deer drinking from a stream and I've just gone twenty miles to get there, I'm like 
oh my god this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in the world yeah you're like <laughs> you know? i think this deer's speaking to my soul right right <laughs> right you know yeah um, one i think that's an important thing to bring out like into reality too like i i think because you've had those experiences out in nature probably if you see a deer in your neighborhood or something you're probably more excited to see that even within your like every day sure you bring that home yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like oh yeah I, that reminds me of the time i saw a deer when i was out in the mountains and here there's one in my backyard now yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was i'll tell you a quick story because you just made me think of this I was driving my youngest daughter to daycare a few weeks ago. And as we were pulling in, in the car, I'm driving her, talking with her and stuff. There's a whole bunch of geese like walking in front of the car and there's like a little pond by their daycare and stuff. So I have to like stop and we're waiting for the geese. And I'm like, I'm like, Millie, look at all the geese. Like, how cool is this? We have geese here. Like I was like all psyched about it. Right. Yeah. So I let her out of the car. We're opening the door to come into daycare just the idea of different perspectives here here comes a dad with his little boy and his little boy's honking at the geese like honk honk and the dad's like yeah honk at those geese we hate geese don't we and oh, i was like oh, what funny. is that's he's funny. like yeah geese are the worst and then they walked in they're like yeah and like high five and i was like whoa different perspectives here." right man. then you hug your daughter a little closer yeah i was like right. geese are actually cool they're part of nature but right, <laughs> but yeah, I think one. I think your races. Um, oh, you know what? I've done four of your races. I did the eighteen road one uh, a few years. Oh, ago. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, but your races are in these beautiful areas, and I think there's. I, I think I just want to speak on behalf of anyone who's probably ran them. Like, I just want to say thank you because because you do what you do you allow people to get out into these areas that they might not otherwise get out to, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and that's, that's the goal. That's our goal. Um, Kyle and I really try to find, uh, you know, these small adventure towns with cool trails and, yeah. and um, uh, you know, so, so you have the cool people and the cool area and you bring to people together in them like red river. We, we have a race now in red river, New Mexico, that you'll have to get to one of these yeah. times. And um, I had never been there before they contacted us and I went out there and checked it out. And I'm like, these trails are amazing, you know? And I, I want to bring people, I want to show people how amazing these trails are. Yeah. You know, and it is cool that I get that opportunity. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, I don't even like, are you able to even comprehend just how many, kind of lives are affected in these weird ways or is that something you don't like really think about i hope so you know <laughs> um it's, it's it's kind of like parenting you know yeah. it, it's like i don't know how much good i'm doing and how much <laughs> you know um you know that they're just going about their day and then they come out and, and do a race and i don't know how much my kids appreciate what i did for them <laughs> you know yeah. um but uh, yeah, I certainly hope that the people appreciate the areas, you know, close to how I appreciate them, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I think just on that whole notion there, like for most people, 
running an ultra is not a small thing, you know, it's not like in a small part of their year for most people. It's a big part of their year. And I know like we hear from the elites a lot, which are the people doing a bunch of races and, you know, showing up at a 50 K might not be as big of a thing, but for like 90% of the people out there that took months of training to do. And it's one of the more significant events of the year for them, I think. And not just ultras. Yeah. You know, um, when I, when I talk with, with the staff and everybody before, before all our races, um, I always say that, you know, everyone here is doing something amazing and we need to treat them like that. Yeah. And you don't know people's stories. Yeah. You know, somebody who's out there doing our 10 K you know, and, and the 10 K at the trail running festival is beautiful. Yeah. And, and you don't know what got them there. You don't know what they experienced to, to get there and what they're, they are experiencing out on the trail, you know, and for them to cross the finish line, maybe for them, that's as significant as somebody doing a 50 K or, a, or a hundred K, Yeah, you know? Um, and, and we can't, we, uh, like you said, we hear from, from the elite runners a lot and, um, it doesn't matter if they're front of the pack of the 50 K or back of the pack of the 10 K. We don't know, you know, what it took to get them there. Yeah. Yeah, you know? for sure. And I think that's the thing to try to keep in mind. Like, I think uh, these events are very special and for being the person who's out there designing it and putting your hard work and intention out there to make these experiences happen is really, really cool. And to that note, like, I'm sure you have had moments where like there are negatives, you know, or something, but they have to, and they always like, for me, the negatives always stick out in my brain a lot more oh, than the sure. positives, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure cool. like, if you looked at like a pie chart of, people's experiences it's like 99 percent positive and then the little sliver you know again i hope so right <laughs> you know we, we get the one uh we get the one email or uh we, we do surveys after our races yeah we get the one survey that says i don't like the uh i don't like the awards yeah you know so so i'm like all right we gotta change the awards <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's a I human was, reaction though like that's what we all do right yeah you know, Kyla's like, we had 800 people out there and one person said they didn't like the awards. Like, ah, yeah, but that one person, that, that hurts. I know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like if somebody tells you that, that your kid is ugly, you know, you'd be like, oh, that, that hurts. <laughs> you know? That would be the meanest thing someone could possibly right, say. Right, right. I, I know. Right. But freaking Goose Dad probably would, you know? Was no, that a oh, goose dad? Right, right. Goose dad. Yes. That's totally goose dad. Um, <laughs> goose dad. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I wanted to ask though a little bit, and then we'll. I eventually want to move on to you as an athlete and and specifically wrestling, because when I looked back at our first conversation, I asked about MMA a little bit, but I want to hear more about your wrestling career because I know that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I do want to ask, like, when did so you're walking around with a briefcase or a binder at school? Uh -huh. um, with race stuff, which is a pro move because everyone thinks the, you're holding a binder. They think you're busy at work. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's like, 
yeah, sit down. Like I'd have the computer set up and I'd have my binder like behind the screen. Uh-huh. Nobody knew what I was working on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kids, the kids are taking a test and I'm, I'm trying to figure out where can we run the course and where can we have the aid stations and, <laughs> you know. At risk of uh... – Never. Well, I'll just say I relate to that a lot more than you, uh, you could think. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, um, so when did the, when did it kind of move from a passion to now this is a career and, and how was that transition? And is it, is it, was it weird or was it like exciting or what? <laughs> so it moved to a career, um, when Iron Man contacted us okay. <laughs> <laughs> like a couple months ago, <laughs> right, right. Um, so, so my, my I'm very lucky. You know, my wife has a good job. Yeah. So um, that's that's really what pays the bills. Yeah. Um, and so, so I always, I always try to contribute to the <laughs> to the family. You know. Um, I didn't want this to to just be a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then uh, so, so and then so uh, my wife uh, was pregnant, and um, and we had to decide. You know, can somebody stay home with the kids? Uh, we, have, we have twins, you know. So um, so then I decided to leave teaching and do it semi full time. You know. Yeah. Um, so then I was at home with, with the kids and working on, on it whenever I, I could find time. And then, so as they, actually the answer is a little bit different than I, than I implied at first, but once they started driving yeah, and becoming more independent, <laughs> yeah. uh, then it became more of a job. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Once they're, you know, the independence. Yeah. I, what, uh, I, for me, the year I stayed home with my kids was like the hardest job I've ever had, like hands down. I don't know if you found that way. And I tell, I tell parents that now I'm like teaching 113 year olds, not hard. Staying at home with my, my kids all day, super hard. Yeah. Uh, comedian Bill Burr has a bit about that. That It's like, you know, you're not working in the mines, you know? Um, but I think mentally it, yes. it is, it is the most difficult, you know, um, it, it was very difficult for me to leave, uh, the, the workplace, leave teaching. Um, and then, you know, we talked about as they were getting older, maybe I could go back and all that. And then the thought of going back was difficult too. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, you get to spend, you know, all your time with your kids. Uh, it's, that's a, it's a mixed blessing, but, you know, <laughs> looking back, I, I think that the best thing, and, and it's not a big deal now, I don't think, but I think the best thing that fathers could do is change diapers. Yeah. You know, um, I know people who were like, oh, you know, he, I hate changing diapers and the, you know, like, dude, I had twins, you know, and I was the only one home. It's like, it wasn't a matter of hating to do it or, or, you know, or not. It's just, it's just what you did. But 
that is what makes you a parent. Yeah. Changing diapers. They're relying on you. There's no yeah. one else going to do it. They're not going to do it. Like <laughs> you can't, you can't expect them to be taking care of themselves. Um, you know, you're, and you're slowly like scaffolding them to the point where they are. Like, I know your kids are in college now. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, that's like, yeah, that's why it does. It kind of drives me nuts too. Cause I've known some people who are like, I'm a, I'm the dude. I don't change right. the diapers. And you're like, what are you right. talking about? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you want to sit there and, and, you know, talk with your kids when they're 20. Yeah. Um, or, you know, if you want to cheer them on at their high school sports, you know, it starts with changing diapers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, man, dude. That's yeah. That's, I mean, that's a really good point. Cause they're trusting you and they're like relying on you. And if that's what the relationship you want when they're older, like start it instantly, right. you know? Right. Um, yeah, yeah, man, dude, that's yeah. So doing it at home, it's kind of, it was probably kind of nice having this other project to work on and, and it'll <laughs> give some of your mental energy for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely have a tendency to escape, <laughs> you know, and, um, and whether it's work or play or MMA or, yeah. you know, whatever it's like, you know, it's great to hold your two year old daughters, but then I need to be punching somebody in the face. <laughs> it's also yeah. great to be rolling around on the mat with, uh, right. yeah, that's amazing, dude. Okay. So let's go back to wrestling. So uh, this yeah. has been a part of your life for a long, long, long time now. Um, when did it start for you? When did you first get into wrestling? So I, have, like I said, I have three brothers. Yeah. So <laughs> it probably wasn't a time when I wasn't wrestling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and they were, they were all wrestlers. <clears throat> And, you know, I don't know exactly, but I have a, a photo of myself wrestling in 1976. Okay. So I kind of use that as my jumping off point. Yeah. That was probably my first match was in 76. That's amazing. When did it become like the thing? Like what, what is it specifically about wrestling that you obviously connected to and like drew you in and things like that. Who knows? You know, yeah. I, um, I, I ask myself that all the time and um, <laughs> I guess that's not a good answer to be on a podcast. <laughs> you, but, uh, I don't know. I, don't oh, know. I, I was making that note. I was writing, who knows? <laughs> right. <laughs> good point. <laughs> um, but no, I ask myself that all the time, you know, yeah. why, why wrestling, you know, I'm not a big person. So, you know, football, basketball are not, were not in the cards for me. Um, obviously, I probably from the start uh, was pretty good at it. So, you know, that kind of, that just feeds, you get that, that positive reinforcement, you know. Um, and who knows chicken or the egg thing, but I love to work hard. Mm. You know, I love the grind of it. Um, and yeah, you know, and, and uh, so, so I always blame, uh, my brother Glenn, as you mentioned before, I always blame Glenn for turning me into an MMA fighter. 
Okay. You know, just because he used to beat me up so much. <laughs> and he has no recollection of that. <laughs> He's also he like, no... he also like is a super nice guy and like yeah, calm right, guy. Right. It's, it's hard to imagine now. Yes, for sure. Um, but he, he was, he was a big brother, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I needed to defend myself. I needed the wrestling to defend myself. If you had to like describe, because I don't know if we've talked about wrestling much on this podcast. I personally never wrestled. I always thought it looked amazing. Um, I could never keep weight on for football anyways. And I was a lineman and I, I would struggle just keeping weight on. And so even though I wanted to go out for wrestling, I'm like, I can't even keep weight on without wrestling you know what right I mean? right, so right. I, that was my one giant barrier that like kept me out kept me from even trying it but yeah. uh if you had to like talk it up just as like what are some of the the things that make it such a special sport uh probably the biggest would be would be the work ethic you know you get out of it what you put into it yeah um and, you know, and I, and I sometimes wonder, especially as my daughters have gone through sports, um, you know, does every, does every sport, how much work does every sport require, you know, and, um, and whether wrestling requires more work than other sports or not, it, it emphasizes it, mm. you know, and um, so there's such a culture of hard work and, you know, not giving up that goes along with wrestling. Um, that, that whether it's, it's part of it or not, whether it's required for it or not, it is part of it. Yeah. And, and that's a big part of what I love about it. You know, is there anything um, about the like self-reliance part? Yeah. Or? I was going to say, and then, then yeah. it's the one-on-one. -on -one. I was, I was never a team, a team sports guy, you know, um, and, and that's weird because I was a coach and had to, had to deal with the team aspect yeah. of, of, uh, wrestling, you know, there, there's a slight team aspect to it, but, um, you know, I, I remember in high school, my friend was on the football team and he'd come back after a football game and, uh, and I say, you know, how, how'd you do? It's like, Oh, you know, we lost or we won. I'm like, well, no, how did you do? Yeah. You know, um, and the, the team aspect is, is strange to me, uh, you know, to go out there and, well, we got a touchdown. No, we didn't get a touchdown. That person got a touchdown. <laughs> you know, I wrestled at Ohio State. Yeah. And and the team was was pretty good when I was there. Uh, one year we took ninth in, in, the, in the country, you know, and. I wasn't one of those that contributed. So, you know, so I don't consider that my team. Yeah. You know, um, people ask me now how Ohio state wrestling is. And I'm like, well, oh. you know, I, I hear that. I hear they're pretty good. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, you know, it's not me playing for the Broncos or it's not me. That's, you know, that's not my team. Yeah. And, and, and I understand that a lot of people enjoy that aspect of, of sports. Um, but it, it's, it feels strange to me to take credit when somebody else is, is, is doing the work, you know, that makes, yeah, that's really interesting. I've never thought about wrestling that way. Um, 
but it has to be weird yeah it, i don't know can you talk about that a little bit more like when you're talking about like team aspects of wrestling like i know they take the points or whatever that it build up throughout a wrestling meet and then whether or not the team won but it has to be weird if you lost and you got pinned and then the team wins you're like well i'm not going to celebrate this like this seems weird right yeah no 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 and uh, you know any teams that i've been on uh i i didn't really pay attention to the to the team aspect of it you know like i want my buddies to win yeah you know <laughs> yeah. um but the team score yeah not a big deal maybe i wasn't you know i mean there are some of these team powerhouses that that is a big deal for them um and maybe i just was never on one of those those powerhouse teams where yeah. it matters like that do coaches um, I, yeah do coaches try to combat that mentality at all in wrestling or not oh for sure i was gonna say as as a coach you know i i understand that everybody who is your training partner is contributing to the you know to the success of the person who wins yeah um <laughs> it, it was just that's just a difficult aspect for me to to kind of latch on to you know yeah. um and even as a coach it was strange to me because people would come up and congratulate me on a win. And I'm like, I didn't win. They won. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. But, but that wasn't my win. That was their win. Yeah. You know, so, I'm hoping like today the NFL playoffs are on. I'm like, how funny would it be if the coach is getting interviewed after the game? He's like, I didn't win. What are you talking about? Like right, right, right. completely confused. <laughs> right. Although, you know, the, I think in, in team sports like that, you know, it's, there's more orchestrating. Things, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, but being around wrestlers, uh, you know, uh, wrestling, you know, it's, it's about, well, how did the individuals do? And, you know, yeah. and, and even a kid who won States, you know, um, it's like, I was his coach for years. And a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into went into that, you know, for me, yeah. you know. And when he wins states or took takes, you know, places in states, whatever, people come up and congratulate me. I'm like, oh my god, I didn't, you know, what are you talking about? He's the one that did this. He deserves the credit, yeah. you know. And again, I, I appreciate them, them reaching out like that, but um, I it. it it's uncomfortable for me. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's so interesting. I would have never thought about that as an, well, can you talk a little bit? So in a different way though, what's the camaraderie like for you with, with the, the other guys on the team at Ohio state? Like, is there still a camaraderie there because you're practicing and, and suffering together or what? Oh, you mean at the time? Yeah. <laughs> Was there camaraderie at all or was it all like competition? There, there was, no, there was for sure camaraderie. Um, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of friends on the team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and there were people that I liked hanging out with. I, I certainly was not, uh, you know, central part of the team. Yeah. You know, I, I, a lot of what I'm talking about now sounds very negative, but, but it's not, you know, I loved being part of the team. I loved being, um, you know, going to practice and banging heads every day. And, um, you know, they, they were very, they were very competitive, very, you know, in, in, 
uh, in other parts of life too. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um, <Just> constant <laughs> wrestlers are kind of like constantly competitive. I have a feeling like that's just yeah. part of their personality types that make them successful right. at it. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Well, can you talk a little bit about, um, like what do you, is there any practices that stand out or matches that stand out for you that were really, really difficult that, um, kind of stick out in your brain still, or have you kind of just moved past that stuff? <laughs> for the most part, I've moved past it for yeah. sure. Um, you know, the, those people who talk about their high school football days, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, like I, I may or may that. not have been telling my kids a high school football story this morning. And really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not judging anybody, no, but, it, but it's not an right. everyday situation that, that okay. happens. It's very weird <laughs> that I just did that this morning. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> just, just happened to be today. Um, but like, you know what? I barely talk about my college wrestling. Um, yeah. I did international wrestling after that. I barely talk about the international wrestling after college and, you know, and like my competing in MMA that happened after that. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of in the past now too. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't enjoy talking about them, yeah. but okay. So that being said, I will tell you. A <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, uh, let's see how, how to tell the story without uh, explaining too much about wrestling. Um, but I was wrestling a guy from Air Force, international wrestling. And, um, and we got into this mad scramble. And, and um, if you lose, if you're down by 10 points, they end the match. It's called a tech fall. And um, so if you're down by 10 points, you know, it's kind of a mercy, mercy yeah. rule, you know. And, um, and we got into this scramble where we're both trying really hard. And he came out on the better end of it, you know, uh, he got, he got the takedown and, um, and then he started, you know, when it, in international style, if they expose your back to the mat, that's, that's two points. So they could keep turning you towards your back over and over and over. And just rake, and, like get the points, cranking it up. Yeah, exactly. So he, so he got this move on me where I couldn't breathe. So we had this big scramble where we were both exhausted and, and, um, you know, and, uh, you know, like you gasp for breath kind of thing. Yeah. But he got me in this move where I couldn't breathe. So I never caught that one breath, um, after the scramble. Yeah. After we were both trying for this move, um, and panic set in. And, um, so I wanted him to turn me, I wanted him to, to escalate these points to the 10 points to where it was over, you know, and I'm like kind of jumping into these moves. So that he could, <laughs> so like, he could you know, yeah. I just wanted out, you know, <laughs> and, um, and it, it was seven, it got up to seven, nothing. And I looked up and I'm like, well, he still has to turn me a couple more times. Um, you know, and, and, um, and that would be really embarrassing, <laughs> you know, yeah. even as embarrassing as it was already it would be even more embarrassing to let it keep going. Yeah. So I took that split second, caught my breath, thought, okay, I, I could, I could do this. You yeah. Know? Um, and then once I caught my breath, then I came back, you know, and, and was, was reinvigorated and I ended up losing seven to six. 
He got seven points in that first yeah. 30 seconds. And and I came back and lost seven to six. But I still remember how much I just wanted out. Yeah. How humbling yeah. that was. You know, that you know, you think you're strong, you think you're tough, you know. And then then there was that that split second where it's like, nope, I just gotta get out of this. And and uh and looking back, you know, once I once I closed the gap of of the score, um, I regretted it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So so that's one. Is that one, one of those things? things? So I've been thinking about this, and I've mentioned it on here before. Um, but it's the idea of like almost like doing an ultra marathon for that one ten seconds where you had some sort of thought or realization that sticks with you. You know, right. is yep. that kind of like something, was that kind of one of those moments for you where you remembered how you felt then or? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, looking back at, it's funny that that sticks out in my, in my memory, but it's everything that gets you there and everything that leads up to it. Yeah. And then there's that one moment and, you know, you kind of have to see what you're made of and, and, and don't get me wrong. There's, there's other moments that stick out, uh, there's an MMA moment that sticks out in my head that, um, that I'm proud of, Yeah, you know, that, you know, just get, getting punched and, and, you know, it's like, all right, well, you know, am I backing up or am I going toward him? Yeah. And I, and I went toward him and, you know, so, so there's those same moments on the positive side too. Yeah. You know, but that's really what it's what it's about, um, you know. What what do you have to get you there, and then what do you have in those moments? Do you reflect on like after that match ended? Did you reflect on that, or was that something like I know me as a young athlete? Like I probably didn't think super deep about a lot of these things, but now as an older older dude, I think right. back and I'm like. Oh yeah, that was a meaningful moment, and I didn't even realize it. Yeah, well, I mean, that was when I was in my—I was probably thirty years old for that okay. that match, you know. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that that haunted me. Yeah, for sure, that haunted me. And there's moments in ultras that haunt me too, you know. Do you think it's, that's like when people think about like DNFs and things like that? Um, that might be—I don't know. They, it's one of those things that you dwell on is when it got really hard, how did I respond and how did I react? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and and it's it's strange because um well so <laughs> I have I've had MMA fights, I've yeah. run ultras <clears throat> and I'm still haunted by the fact that I don't think I'm I'm very tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, tough. which is crazy. I, uh, I know people who are tough. Yeah. I know people who I look at and say, Oh my God, that person, man, I, I wish I could be that tough. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that's kind of what I'm driven uh, by is wanting to be tough, wanting to be resilient. Um, so when I, so <laughs> driven or haunted, I don't know. I yeah. don't know which way to, you know, they might be um, two sides of the same coin. You know what right, I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, why else would I do do ultras, you know? See if I could do it. See what I'm made of. 
Yeah. Um, but no, uh, it's yeah. interesting though because I do feel like it's kind of at least for that whole idea of like this one time where maybe your mindset wasn't as strong. It's almost like the negative, the one negative review thing, you know, for. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's, and that's what our, <laughs> right. but our brains like naturally do that. And mine does too. Like, right. and I do yeah. it to myself. Like if I am teaching a lesson and there's like, you know, all of my classes go great. And then one of them, something doesn't work or it doesn't land or it doesn't connect. I like dwell on that. I go home and I'm like, why right. did that not work? Instead of being like, it worked 90% of the time. <laughs> But you know, I don't. I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Yeah, I don't. I think that's what you know. In our society now, you know, we have so. I'm old school. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm the old grizzled wrestling coach <laughs> now. I guess. Yeah. You know, but um, but I think in our society, there's so much about you know, you want positive energy and you want mm-hmm. you know, um, I think what drives us to be better is that fear. That, 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 you know, it, I, you know, people are driven by fear of failure and, and, and desire to succeed, you know? Yeah. So, so, um, so different people have different aspects of it, but I think that if we know what we don't want to be, that helps us to become what we want to be. Yeah. You know, I, I was a chubby kid and my brother, <laughs> my brother ripped on me relentlessly for being a fat kid. Yeah. You know, and um, I'm not, I'm not telling people to go out and make fun of little kids. For yeah, being no. Fat, yeah. You know, but, um, but that was a motivator for you. Yeah. Yeah. That was a motivator. One, I, I see like, I don't know if you're, if you feel the same way with uh, like in a big race event coming up, right? So you're, you're organizing, I mean, especially with the UTMB thing, there's like extra pressure on, on the race probably. Um, and I know for, I guess I'll just relate it to when we're making our film about the stage race. Um, I know for me, like the weeks leading up to it, the fear of me messing up and being like, I got all these people excited. I got all these people ready and prepared and blah, blah, blah. And then I forgot this one thing or these two things. And now the whole thing's going, going down. That fear was, and it happened every time we did a shoot. When we flew out to film in Salt Lake City and flew out to Maryland, the week leading up to it, I was a mess because I'm like, there's going to be a snowstorm. It's not going to happen. We're going to blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And I think part of it, Part of it, I think, was probably not healthy for my brain, but I do think. But I do think to speak to what you're saying, like there is something with because I was afraid of all these things going wrong, I was prepared for them. It made right. me get prepared for them in case they did. It motivates you. Yeah, you know, at these races, I get up in front of a lot of people and, and talk. You know, yeah. during during the, the, uh, the awards and different things, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, I want to be prepared. Cause I don't want to look like an idiot, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I should prefer to want to do my best, yeah. but no, I just don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. With my fights, you know, it's like, I'm going to be in front of 2000 people, you know, 
I don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. I also don't want to get like, you know, clubbed in the head with a shin, you know, <laughs> and, and knocked out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but that too, right? There's the fear of going out there and really messing up. Yeah. And and that motivates you to work hard. So I'm gonna so I haven't done a big ultra endurance event for a while now. Um, uh-huh. And really, the last one I was truly scared for was a hundred k. I ran in Iowa, and it was my first hundred k ever. Yep. Um, and it was hard. It was really hard, really hard. And yeah. now I know yeah, yeah. how hard that was. And now I'm signed up for your guys hundred k. And and it's funny, like there's a switch in your brain. As soon as I clicked the button, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do X, Y, Z. And that stuff wasn't happening before. It was like a total shift in mindset. Yeah, it's on now. It's got, it's got to happen. So now I'm super scared is what I'm saying. (laughs) Right, right, right. You should be. (laughs) If you're not, you know, it's, it's, it's what, you know, they call a sophomore curse. Yeah. Right. It's like that second, that second time, like the first time, man, you're scared. You know, everything's got to go perfect. The second time you're like, yeah, been there, done that. And that's when it fails. Yeah. And then after that, then you're like, oh, I should have done, should have done more. It's the use your own, wait, was it use your illusion? What was that called? The Guns N' Roses second one? And you're like, this one's not good. Come on now. Oh, yeah that's yeah that's i mean that happens to a lot of a lot of artists yeah, yeah. for sure um is they call it a sophomore curse and this is the sports sophomore curse oh man that, that didn't make me fear it any less and no uh... it shouldn't <laughs> that's 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 what we're talking about you need that fear to drive you to motivate you yeah you know yeah. and when you do everything that you that you're supposed to do uh to be ready for it that's that's what makes you feel better yeah no that makes sense to me what about so i guess to kind of like wrap up i do want to hear a little bit about your kind of newfound uh passion of pack rafting where you just go out you're hiking with your raft or or riding your bike with your raft inflate it go down the river and can you like i mean to link it to the fear thing obviously there's a lot of fears there where it's like hey I'm scared of getting lost. I'm scared of getting stuck in the desert. I'm scared of having to call the emergency services to come see. Right, right, right. Yeah. How do you guys use that? Like, I mean, does it, cause it's weird. Cause it seems like pack rafting is like a, it's like a fun activity for you. Like it's something that's going to be fun and exciting, but there is that element. still. there is some of that, but yeah, but to be honest, you're talking to an older, kinder, gentler, read now you know yeah um, a big part of it kyla has really introduced me to the to the fun event adventure aspect of it you know yeah um uh she's game for a lot you know and and uh um but you know she it's, it's fun out there you know yeah. and and pack rafting is is fun you want it you know the things i've done are just easy enough that I'm not really concerned about it. Um, but yet I have the years and years and years of experience to say, you know, this is, I, I could diver- diversify, Yeah, you know, um, I've done a, a certain amount of rafting, 
You know, I'm comfortable there. I've done a certain amount of, of long distance mountain biking. I'm comfortable there, you know? Um, so there isn't as much of a need to, uh, to fear, you know, yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done many, many, uh, events for a while. Um, is there anything that makes you want to now or are you, is it like, I have nothing to prove or is that not, the I'm, I guess I'm kind of waiting for something to motivate me, Yeah, you know, and when something motivates me, uh, I would do it. You know, if I wa- could walk in and, and attempt hard rock again, uh, tomorrow, well, not tomorrow, but this, this <laughs> it'd be <year>. very cold. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, I, you know, I probably would do that. That's a, that's a pretty good, uh, uh, challenge and beautiful and, you know, would fit the bill for a lot of things. Um, and you know, yeah, the pack rafting is motivating me now. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody told me about a cool canyoneering trip, you know, um, where you rappel into canyons and I was doing that for a while. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still open for those things. Um, just kind of waiting to be motivated by some, there's, I have some cool pack rafting ideas. I want to go with you guys. I want to call dibs at some point because it sounds amazing. I've always wanted to, like, I think as soon as I, it was one of those things, as soon as someone told me that they were doing that, it was like, I have to do that. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, so on my short list, I talked to Thomas Mullins. Mm -hmm about oh, a uh, pack rafting trip by him. So we're, Kyle and I are still looking at uh, heading down there this uh, this Down winter. in Texas? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've never gone to Texas, and I told Thomas that because he's a Texan. And I yeah. feel like that's like an offensive thing to say to a Texan. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, but the way I want to see Texas is with Thomas in the wilderness somewhere. You know, right. I'm like, that's the only way I really want to see Texas. Like, that seems yeah. like the best <laughs> way. Like, yeah. Down. You don't want to cool. drive through Texas for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I hope so, you guys do. That sounds like, really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have one more thing to ask you before we wrap up. Okay. Uh, so I know you listen to the... Uh, I know you're a movie fan of like yes. all sorts of movies. Yeah. I think my friends had terrible choices for the adventure, their best adventure film. I was like, what are you doing? But uh, for you personally, if you had to pick an adventure film or even, and I also want to hear sports film. I want to hear both of the big categories there. So yeah. feel yeah, free yeah, to yeah. start at either one. Uh, I think a big part of advent, about big part about movies in general is, if they hit you at the right time. Yeah. That's you know? huge. Um, so I would have to say, and, and you put me on the spot here, although I, I do put a lot of thought into movies in general. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember the movie K2. Uh huh. Did you ever see that with, with Michael Bean? Michael Bean. Yep. Um, that, that hit me at the right time. You know, that was, that was a good adventure movie for me. I liked a lot of the ones that you guys were talking about, you know, obviously cliffhanger classic, you know, but, <laughs> but that, you know, here's, here's a problem I have with, with movies yeah, is when they cross that line between action hero and superhero. 
Uh-huh. Right. And um and I think I, I love I love both of those genres, but mixing them together doesn't work for me. Yeah. And I think that in Cliffhanger, uh, he became a superhero. The things that he did were superhero esque. Uh-huh. And not action hero. You mean you can't just lift someone over your head into stalactites and stab and, them? Right, right. And jump thirty feet and catch you know, catch a little rock with two fingers. That's why I think like the later diehard movies, I just couldn't even watch. Cause he was straight up a super, he was like fighting a helicopter. I'm like, no, he's, exactly. like, he's running across the floor without shoes. And that's the like amazing part. Cause he's a right, regular right. dude. He's, he's an action hero in the first one. Yeah. And the same thing with Rambo, right? Yeah. First one, man, he was, you know, he was a, an action hero. Yeah. Uh, after that he became a superhero yeah it's like and and then you lost me what what was it about k2 that you liked at the time uh the scenery the the drive that they had just to to do this mountain i mean it went bad you know yeah yeah. spoiler alert you know that um but it went bad for some people there um but and and it had that action hero versus superhero feel yeah yeah right what, what was that other one that, that uh, you were talking about um with the nitroglycerin and oh yeah vertical limit vertical i've never limit, seen it right? i actually have never seen that that was oh, too okay. much it, it moved into the the craziness it's, edge into the superhero aspect <clears throat> that makes sense so, so you know they had beautiful scenery and great action but it went into the superhero genre yeah what about sports do you have a sports movie oh sports you know it's, it's, to be honest, I'm not really a, a sports fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't follow football, baseball, any of those. You know, when when MMA became a thing, um, you know, then then all of a sudden I became a, <laughs> a little bit of a fan because I was doing <laughs> it at the time. You know? yeah. yeah. Um. But you know, I, I could easily go with like Vision Quest. I was that was that was actually going to be I was just going to prompt you I was going to throw that out there I was in my vision quest what do you got yeah I finally uh finally forced my daughters to watch it this last year um so (laughs) how'd that go did they like it oh they're they're movie buffs too I'm mildly terrified like I'm I'm really excited when my kids can watch actual good movies like there are some really good kids movies don't get me wrong but when they can actually watch like a little step up, you know, I think they're going to be like Indiana Jones. That'll be the greatest day of my life when they get to watch Indiana Jones. We, we just watched that one recently too. Um, we used to have what I called movie uh, devices down movie nights. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and these are movies that I wanted them to watch. Yeah. They weren't kids movies and they, they were a little bit older too, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, they weren't kids movies, but I thought that they would appreciate them if they spent the time to watch them. You know, things like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classics. Yep. Annie Hall. Yeah. Sting. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. (laughs) You know? That that if they put their devices down and watch them, that they would appreciate them. You know? Was there any... I'm just afraid they'll be like, actually, Dad, I didn't like Indiana Jones, which is an impossibility. It's not going to happen, but... It's... it's By today's standards, it's much slower than you remember it as yeah. a kid. 
Well, I've watched it. I've watched it all the time, though, still. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I, I still remember when my daughters were, you know, like when they're babies, you watch whatever you want, you know. My middle kid's and, first movie was Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're, we're huge Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> so, yeah. So my kids are definitely at that age where we appreciate those things together. Right. But So, so when they're babies, um, mm. you watch whatever you want because they don't even know what's going on around them. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and you and <laughs> there's no line drawn in the sand to tell you that yeah, this is no longer appropriate. Yeah, right. And um, and I remember watching uh, Jaws was on TV. I'm flipping through the channels. Jaws was on TV, and my my girls are in the room and they're doing whatever, and <laughs> and there's it's that scene where the 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 kid the teenager like a waist and above is above the water and he's going like back and forth. Yeah. Terrifying. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and my daughter says to me, daddy, that fish, get that boy. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> no longer can I watch whatever I want. Yeah. There are kids, there are kids that are paying attention now. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, but, but it didn't take long. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, years, but um, didn't take long for me to to have them watch shows that were not, you know, movies that were not necessarily kids' movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, that they, they could probably find more if they wanted to. You know, yeah. um, one of the one of our first ones was Deliverance. Okay, with <laughs> your daughters, I I did fast forward through the one. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Through yeah. the one scene. Yeah. But but still the intensity of it and the, yeah. you know, um, and you know we do all these rafting trips so it was you know I was a little nervous about that but they're like we're not going rafting with you anymore sorry right, right. dad why not because like, you made us watch Deliverance that's why <laughs> right, right. come on actually man. that may be my best adventure film actually as we're talking about it okay what about I'll, I'll do, you ha- do you have like a favorite yeah. movie of all time. Yeah, I'm a little besides the Desert it. Rats film, obviously. Right, right, right. I'm a little <laughs> embarrassed that this is my like all-time favorite movie. Oh boy! But again, it's 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 when when do, do these movies hit you, right? Mm-hmm. Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> That's I should have guessed that. That would have yeah, been a, yeah. That makes sense to me. No, it's a great one. That's amazing. Well, Reed, dude, where can uh? Obviously, like you guys should follow Gemini Adventures. Where can people go to kind of like find all of your races? And and I highly recommend them. You guys are my favorite race director company that I've ever you know taken parts of. So oh great, well we I think you get it. I think you and I know we've talked about this before, but I think you guys just understand what I appreciate about ultra running and all of these events. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we you know there's a certain set and other, I'm sure other people get different things out of it. Yep. They don't go to our races, yeah. you know, but, but uh, if, if that's, those are the things that you enjoy, these are the races for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so yeah, Gemini adventures.com. Um, uh, you, everything, you know, the, our Facebook is Gemini adventures and our Instagram is all one word Gemini adventures. Um, and yeah, we've got, we've got all kinds of things coming up. Mountain bike races. We've got our first gravel race this year. Um, I was tempted. I was really tempted and I have no idea. I would have no idea what I was doing, but 
Yeah, you do. You could do the mountain bike on one day, and the next day do the gravel race. That sounds that sounds fun. And those yeah, like or, it's on great trails and roads out there. Oh, it's beautiful. Fruta. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not not technical. You know, it's it's dirt roads, two wheel drive roads, um, and uh, yeah. So you could find out any information there if if you follow Gemini Adventures on Instagram. Um, I I kind of split the time between. Uh, between our events and my adventures. Yeah. You know, and me cold plunging with my daughters, jumping <laughs> <to> Boulder Creek. <laughs> so I saw that and I was like, that's actually seems like a really good time. Uh, you know, and, and it sounds like, you, you know, again, changing diapers, right? <laughs> you, you change diapers and you're doing adventures with your kids to the best of their ability now. Yeah. And, uh, and someday, someday they'll be waiting for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, you know, my, my girls could outrun me and, and, you know, they're both college athletes. So, um, you know, they're, they're waiting up for me, talking me into doing the cold plunge. Um, and that, you know, that's, that's the real payoff of, of changing diapers. That's amazing, <laughs> man. That's amazing. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for everything. And, uh, I'll see Thanks you out in April me. and I may or may not be crying when you see me. We'll see how painful it is. Oh. Hopefully you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. That wraps up this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, huge thanks to Reed for coming on the show. If you are out in the Colorado, Utah, New Mexico area, I highly, highly, highly suggest going to a Gemini Adventures race. Uh, they're amazing there's so much fun. I think Reed, and I think I probably talked about it in the episode, but but Reed specifically designs these courses to be in these really kind of beautiful, unique locations. Uh, you know that that might not get as much love in you know like the running or endurance sport community, uh, and. Yeah, so head out, head out to one of his races, you know, or just go out to Fruta. Check out Fruta. Fruta's so cool. Um, and I know uh, there's probably like a billion trails there that I haven't even done. There's probably a billion areas of Fruta I haven't even explored yet, uh, the Fruta Grand Junction area. So I love it out there, though. Um, but yeah, huge thanks to Reed for coming on the show. Like I said in the intro, we're going to have more information about uh, our films, uh, like what festivals it's in, um, when we're releasing it, and how we're releasing it. Uh, we'll have more of that information over the next month. Um, but the plan is to have it out there in March, uh, tor or towards the end of March is the plan. So, And I'm really, really excited. Obviously, Reed's a big part of it. He's the person who designed the race that we are were focused on. Whoa, I had to stop it for a second to turn my alarm off because here's what happened. This is the, I'll just go into what happened this morning. It is now 421 on a Friday in the morning. And at 4 a.m. my alarm went off. And my initial brain waves when my alarm went off was... Um, Hmm. I wanted to go like real rated R there with, with what I was about to say. 
but I'm a middle school teacher, so I probably shouldn't. So I'm just going to say my initial reaction, as it is most days, was fudge this. I don't want to wake up. <laughs> Gosh, golly, gee. It is 4 a.m. Why is my alarm going off? That's my initial reaction every single morning when my alarm goes off. And today at 4 a.m., I was, I had a moment of weakness and I hit the snooze button. And I was like, I will snooze till 4.21 a.m. and then get up and do all the stuff that I want to do this morning. So I hit snooze, I rolled back over, closed my eyes, and instantly my brain was like, you can't go back to sleep, dude. Like, you are just going to have to get up right now. And so instead of just sitting there tossing and turning for 20 minutes, I forced myself to throw my legs over the bed, put my feet on the ground, stand up, and walk down here to do this. So um, <laughs> so that was the story of this morning, but it's not the story of this morning. It's the story of pretty much every single morning when I start my day with the internal battle of wills and whether or not I'm going to hit that snooze button, which is so tempting when you're like in a deep sleep, when you wake up from a deep sleep, it's so tempting to be like, snooze it up. Like I am going back to sleep. Um, but I knew this morning I wanted to make sure I got the podcast out. Uh, I wanted to make sure I got a workout in and really like this week has been so crazy busy that I wanted to make sure um, I just got some time to myself, you know, I, I haven't even had much downtime this week, so I wanted to make sure I got some time to myself this morning. So, um, so yeah, so that was the battle of why you just heard my alarm go off at 421. Cause I, cause I hit snooze and forgot to actually turn the alarm and forgot to snooze. I hit snooze and I forgot to snooze. Um, what a tale, what a tale that was. Um, and speaking of that, just kind of a heads up for the podcast. My plan is to still have episodes out every week over the next couple months. Um, but I also know we as a filmmaking team are planning on doing some interviews here and there with, uh, other podcasts, other shows. And so basically the recording schedule which I'm like, I always kind of like chisel out of my, my week of like driving kids to activities and, and family stuff. Uh, recording schedule is we're going to add more to it um, with doing other people's podcasts and stuff and trying to like promote our film and whatnot. Uh, so hopefully I don't miss a, a beat on this show and hopefully I don't miss any any weeks or episodes, but, uh, but we're just going to have to kind of play that part by ear and, and see how it goes. So, um, so yeah, so it'll be good. It'll be an awesome couple of months. I'm excited. We're definitely in the doldrums of the end of January and February, uh, AKA the worst time to be a teacher in public and probably any education. Uh, it's just, it's a tough time of year. Um, 
and especially you know with kids not being able to get outside as much not being able to run around as much it's getting dark early still so we'll get through it though we'll definitely get through it um so yeah this is my i'm just i guess apparently i'm just like pep talking myself to uh get ready for school on a friday so we'll see how that goes uh <laughs> and i hope you all have a wonderful wonderful week and uh yeah keep doing something awesome keep uh you know, searching for these adventures in our, in our lives. And, you know, it just brightens to me adventure. If you're, if you're facing your day as an adventure, and if you have these outdoor events or, or these, these things that you're working towards in your life, it just makes, makes you have a more complete and fulfilled time. So, uh, hope you guys are having a fulfilled life. All right. (laughs) Talk to you next week.